Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. As mentioned in my daily financial news, I have an extra special guest for you. Soon to be a returning guest, but more on that later. Let's welcome a good friend of mine, somebody I've known for multiple decades now. Yes, I do have friends, folks. I actually have friends. Uh, let's welcome Dan Bird to the channel. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great, but uh, let's not get over enthusiastic about the friends part. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Starting early, I see. I see. Just kidding. Just kidding. I know. I know. I can. I can take it. You're. You're. You're always good with those one-liners. Hey. So the reason I've asked you to come to the channel is a. You're retired now, and b. You really. You bring an expertise uh, that I don't have, and and I frankly care not to have, and that is around trading stocks. Uh, you have been deep into the stock market for a long time now. I'll let you cover that in a minute. Uh, but one of the things that I have been missing on my channel which is about investing mainly real estate, uh, is stocks. So uh, I want to appreciate you for being a part of this and uh, looks like to be a, a weekly contributor uh, going forward. So Dan, thank you very much. What do you want the audience to know about you? Uh, yeah, so as you said, uh, I was in technology sales along with you for many, many years. Mm -hmm. um, did very well, very successful with that. And mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that time spent there was not in buying fancy new cars or big new houses or any of that kind of stuff. Right. It was socking it away and building my, what I call my war chest to be able to do what I'm doing now, Very which is cool. trading stocks, uh, trading my own portfolio, basically. Right. And uh, I am what's called a technical trader. Mm -hmm. So that's using charts to understand entries and exits. Mm -hmm. um, that has to also go along with fundamentals. Right. So it's important to understand what the company does, whether they're successful, what industry groups they're in. Mm -hmm. And then at a, at a much higher level, and we'll talk about all of this in mm -hmm. a second, but a much higher level is understand what the market itself is doing. Gotcha. What's the market doing? What are the sectors doing? Where is money rotating to or out of? Because mm -hmm. that will have an effect on whatever stocks you decide to buy. Yeah. So again, um, so a technical trader, again, somebody using charts, you started doing this really deep research. How long ago? Um, 20 years ago, probably. Yeah. Probably about the time that you uh, yeah. got stopped out of the market. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right after I lost. About the time I started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, this, this is going to be a fun conversation. Again, um, you've been doing this a long time. Ever since we were work, you know, working together, I'd be talking real estate. You'd be talking uh, stocks. So it was always fun to listen uh, to what you were doing. Um, so I don't know where you want to take this. You want to you want to take control of the computer and kind of show the folks some things that you look at as you kind of get into this. Yeah, I have a I have some uh, slides. And can you give me access to the whole desktop? I did. I think. Okay, good. I think you have control. Um, in that case, let me set up one thing here. Hold on. Yeah, I think you should be able to share whatever you would like. Right. Um, good. Okay, so 
I'm going to show a few slides to start it off and set the stage. Please do. Talk about what technical trading means. We'll talk about the markets at a high level, mm -hmm. um, where they're at, where they're headed. And then we can talk about what my process, some part of my process, what that looks like. Yep. And then um, I also do a newsletter every week, which is free. It's just yeah. something that I do for fun. It helps me to in my research. I usually do my research on Saturday mornings. Awesome. Because the market's closed, I can see what it did. Mm -hmm. um, and as part of that research, the newsletter actually helps me with that research. Yeah, I, so, I, 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 I do have, it more for myself than, than but, but a lot of other people like reading it. So yeah, I have found, uh, you know, again, I'm on your mail like, mailing list. I have found the simple activity of having that kind of repetitive nature helps you stay engaged. It helps you keep watching. So yeah, I, I appreciate the right. newsletters for you, but yeah, it's a lot of value in there. So yeah. Yeah, good. Hey, before I start, <clears throat> I, noticed, I noticed you always wear a baseball cap. I do. So let me, let me put my baseball cap on. Okay. Let's see this. Oh, yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'll show you this in a second. <laughs> okay. That's funny. All right. I'm going to share my desktop. There we go. Okay. Uh, let's see. What are you seeing? Are you seeing the desktop right now? I'm seeing a desktop. Yeah. It's a desert with some teepees or something on it. Okay. There we go. It's not a Ponzi scheme. It is not a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> Are we talking about the stock market? It's a oh. buy the frickin' dip scheme. Ah, oh, that's your hat. Yes. That's my hat. You've heard all these terms before, I'm sure. Yeah. Buy the frickin' dip. Yeah. Or hodl. Yeah, hodl. Yes, that's right. a big thing lately. Yeah. Diamond hands. Yeah. Diamond hands. Hold forever, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Hold forever is a recipe for disaster, but anyway, yeah, it okay. is absolutely. So that's my habit. There, I have I like a T-shirt. I have a T-shirt with these two things on it too. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> first, I want to talk about uh, charts a little bit, mm -hmm. and to start it off, just to give you a sense that charts can tell a story. Yeah. Here's a story using charts. Yeah. So the red line is bad reviews of Yankee Candles on Amazon, saying they don't have any sense. <laughs> and the blue one is daily COVID cases in the U.S. Oh, yes. Non-correlated charts, but they do tell a story, yes. <laughs> they tell a story. You can correlate them that way. So I guess, that, I guess when COVID cases go up, people can't smell candles. That's, that's what Exactly. That's the point. That's the point, yes. Yeah, so they complain. They go, on, they go online and they complain about it, not being able to smell the candles. So it's actually a leading indicator because the red line moves up first and then the case counts that's will right. move up later. Oh, exactly there we right. go. We should be watching. We should send this to Fauci. <laughs> yeah, Fauci, go watch Amazon's uh, ratings of no scent on their candles because <laughs> it is an early indicator. Right. <laughs> I think that is hilarious. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you for making me laugh this morning. All right. So let me, um, let me start off by doing a very high level view of the market. Okay. And this is, this is important. So um, just to, just to level set everyone, the bottom of this is years, right? That's the bottom. Uh, yeah. 1932, uh, 1934. Is that, it actually starts. Yeah. It's right here. It actually yeah. starts just before the depression. Yep. Yeah. I'm just so trying to orient myself. 29 is right there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And it goes okay. all the way till basically today. All right. Yep. I'm with you. And this shows you the secular bull markets and the secular bear markets. Mm. 
Now, a secular bull market or bear market is different from a cyclical bull market. And okay. I'll show, I'll show you what that means in a second. But you can see here, there was a period for this bear market from mm -hmm. 1929 to 1950, basically. Yeah. When it was in a bear market. So 20 years-ish. 20 years. Right? Okay. And then it broke out. So it broke out of the high. So essentially, the, the bear market is defined as not just stocks continuing to go down, but stocks not recovering their previous high. Yeah, to the past peak. Okay. Got it. Right. And I have another chart after this that will really bring this home. Okay. So then it breaks out and it goes into a secular bull market from 1950 to 1970. So about 18 years, roughly. Okay. Yep. All right. I see that. And then we had another secular bear mm -hmm. from about 69. This is the, the 70s inflation period. Yeah. Right. Till about 81. Okay. And then it broke out again. And we had a very long secular bull market again from 81 until basically 2001. Yep, I remember so 20 that period. Years, yep. 20 year secular bull market. You're starting to see a trend here? Yes. 18, 18 years, 20 years. 2001 yes. was the dot-com crash. Mm -hmm. This is where you got out. Yes, I remember. I, mean, I think I, I know maybe, exactly. Maybe right here. Yeah, I probably got out there, yeah. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> That's All right, so even though, even though it came back up in the early 2000s, and then it had another crash in 2008. Mm -hmm. It never recovered its high. It never, never broke yet. out of its high. Gotcha. So the okay. secular bear actually continued and lasted until. Depending Interesting. On when, Interesting. Depending on when you want to identify it, 2013 is when it broke out above this high. Interesting. Okay. 2009 is really where it started, but this is where it broke out right there. Got and it. we are currently in a secular bull market. Okay. And remember last 18 to 20 years. Okay. So if you start this at 2013, mm -hmm. we have until 2033. Got, it. got another 10 years left. Okay. What are the uh, symbols below that chart? XL? <clears throat> these, are, these are the uh, S&P sectors. Okay. So oh. since this is since 2013, how much they, they have increased during this bull market. Understood. So this is this is technology right here at the mm -hmm. top. Mm -hmm. The technology went up the most, and it usually does because it of has course. most of the growth growth yeah. stocks, and growth stocks do well in bull markets. Okay. Um, one thing to point out during this last bull market right here, mm -hmm. can you identify the 1987 crash? Uh, I mean, yeah, I know where to look for it, but yeah, it's that little yeah right there. Yep. In the overall market, uh, the overall rally yeah bar barely a blip yeah it recovered that well it actually took a while to get back to that trend line it took about till 1990 yeah, yeah. To, to break out of that yeah okay and then can you can you uh, this is per, a little easier but can you identify the COVID crash oh yeah yeah that one right there right yeah. there mm -hmm. but again it never really went below this moving average line yeah that's, that's a 50 this is a monthly chart right this is a 50 month so that's a one year basically moving average Okay. All right. I understand your right. thesis. So, yep. So you can see the secular bull market really didn't break below that one year moving average. Oh, that's a one year moving average. Okay. That's a one year moving average. That, that dark blue one at the bottom. Got it. Okay. And this current bull market, other than very briefly right. during the COVID crash. Before the Fed came in and bailed everybody out. Yep. Right. Right. Okay. All right. So what this is telling us is we are still in a secular bull market. 
Now, will we have corrections inside of that bull market? Absolutely. Of course. We had one, we had one here, we had one here. We had one here with COVID. We had a couple here back in 2018. You might yeah. remember that one, the end yeah. of the year. That's when the Fed got a little hyper aggressive. <laughs> yep, I remember. Yeah, so there'll always be corrections inside of a bull, but in general. Mm. And that's why when this particular correction happened mm -hmm. for COVID, mm -hmm. even though I got out, I went to cash at the top of this before it happened. Yep. For other reasons, I didn't really know COVID was coming. Right. But really it was for looking at the charts. I got okay. out. Nice. But I didn't think it was going to continue because I knew we were in the secular bull market. And we, have a, we have anywhere from eight to 10 years left. Well, that's interesting, right? Because again, right? So for me, right? Again, you do this a lot more than me. I don't even bother with stocks, which I think we're going to fix here. But the thing that, that you just said that, I don't know, goes against, it rubs me the wrong way a little bit is that that recovery was because the Fed came in, right? It's back to your Amazon candle analogy. Yeah. It looks good on a chart now. But the Fed, again, maybe, maybe, maybe the Fed is always going to be the Fed put, but it's hard for a chart to assume that, right? Well, it doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't really okay. matter. No. Right. If, you, if you study charts, you understand charts, the reasons behind what the chart does mm -hmm. isn't really that important. Oh, okay. All right. The chart is telling you what price is doing, and price is the most important thing. Got it. Okay. So it's going to tell you. And there could be all kinds of reasons behind every one of these. Oh, for sure. You know, the, the 2018 one was because the Fed got too aggressive. Correct. Right? Mm -hmm. and, they were, and they were predicting, um, well, they did two rate hikes in 2018. They did, yeah, they did two right at the end they of the year. They were supposed yep. to do another one, which they canceled. Yep. They said they, said they were going to do three in the next year, and they did mm -hmm. not. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Right? They, so they, just said, they just said again, we're going to do three in 22. You're right. I I would be surprised if they even get past two. Interesting. Okay. Because we are in a secular bull market, just like in 2018. So because we're in a secular bull market, you think they don't do more than two? Why? Well, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. One, one thing that's important to bring up right in the beginning mm -hmm. is I don't make predictions. Oh, of course. Yeah. I can't. I do not know what the market's going to yeah, do. Yeah. You're just looking. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Right. I mean, right. uh, yeah, I'm saying that a secular bull market typically lasts 18 to 20 years because right. it has before, mm -hmm. but it could crash and go all the way back down below this. Okay, I got you. It could. Anything could happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So okay. these are just these are just probabilities. Understood. Basically. That's Think of it that way. That's what charts really tell you what the probabilities are. I like it. Okay. All right. All right, then the next one is sort of the same, but it kind of shows you the, the, <laughs> the period, everything bubble. I love it. Sorry. Period of the period of zero returns. Uh-huh. So this is kind of highlights what I said before that you know you've got a bear market, but inside of those bears, you're gonna have bull bull uh, rallies. Sure. You know, back here in 2001 to 2013, the, the market rallied pretty nicely. Mm -hmm. up here to 2008 between 2003 2008 it rallied really nicely yeah but it never really made it back to the high so 13 years of zero returns 26 years of zero returns 52 years of zero returns so back to the hodl conversation we had in the beginning yeah and when financial planners tell you just put your money in there don't touch it just let it ride 
Don't yeah, that, that is the thing that annoys me the most about right. this generation be, of traders, right? Or actually, you know, I don't want to say traders. I want to say investors. Yeah, let's, in, let's define those terms. I heard you on one of yours do a pretty oh no. good job of that. Oh, good. There, there are three of them. There are gamblers. Yes. Traders. And investors. Traders and investors. Yeah. And the, the gamblers are the ones that are on Reddit. Yes. And Wall, Wall Street beats and they listen to people online or they listen to their buddy up the street and they, they're using they leverage. A, yeah. They buy a stock because somebody else told them. Yes, exactly. Those are gamblers. No question. Right. Traders are are ones that are not necessarily in it for the long term, but they but they ride trends. Correct. And that's they where I would place you. That's where I am. Right. Yes. They identify a trend and then they ride the trend until the trend changes. Correct. I think that's then, very well said. Yes. And then investors are people that buy good stocks and good companies with good management and hold it forever with the intention of holding it forever correct the, yes. the warren buffets yes exactly the they're buying little coupons or percentages of the company's future income correct right right and yeah. they so they don't care about all this noise no mm -mm. they don't even look or no. very, look very no. rarely but but they do but they do care about when they get in so correct. this is the this is my point with uh, financial planners that they say you know buy it and just hold it mm -hmm. Well, that's fine. In general, you know, if if you were long enough time 19, horizon, yeah. If you were born in 1928, like my dad was, mm -hmm. and he bought there and held it, I mean, he had he had a pretty painful period after the 29 crash. Mm -hmm. But if he was still holding, he's doing really well. Yeah. The point yeah. is, that might be a good strategy, but it really depends on when you buy. Well, that's where I was going to go with this chart because I think there's, I think, I think something we are learning about this pandemic and the Fed's response is a lot of things have been accelerated. Uh, you know, what normally would take five years took two years, and I think there's a lot of people doing this hodl or diamond hand nonsense that are saying it now because they're underwater, not realizing that again. Look at my time horizon; you could have been frozen for 13 years. I mean, is that really what you want to do? That's right. And you know, for most most people will not hold for 13 years. Most of you are not Kathy Wood with this joke no, of a five-year period. Yeah. Right. Um, most people will sell right here. Oh, of course. Or yeah. Or certainly the next time. It got back up halfway well, and then it fell again. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll, you know, we talked about doing a session on the psychology of the market. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that when we do that session. Awesome. About that whole psychology. Perfect. All right. But anyway, again, charts tell a story. Uh, this is inflation, something that's been on the, you know, everybody's been talking about this lately, mm -hmm. including you and your channel. Oh yeah. Um, this is this is kind of putting inflation correlated with interest rates. Oh, that's interesting. And you can see 1980 in the 70s when inflation was screaming higher, interest yeah. rates went much higher. Inflation came down. Mm -hmm. Interest rates came down. Right. Right now, interest rates are still basically close to zero. Yeah, basically zip. Yep. And inflation is screaming higher. Yeah. And this is probably CPI, I'm guessing, based on the way it's at this 6%. is Yeah, this is CPI. And actually, this is a little outdated because it's actually higher. Than it's 6.8 now. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually higher than this 90 peak right here. Correct. It's going back to All right. So again, here's the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. Here's the pandemic. Interest, gotcha. the interest rates. This is, again, back to what you were saying. Basically, the market right. freaks out. The Fed bails it out. That's what this right. says. That's right. And unfortunately, the Fed, the, the Fed keeps it bailed out for too long. Oh, I agree with that a thousand percent. The Fed right. stays engaged way too long. Yes. Right. Which is what's happening now. Yes. And then uh, one more on this particular topic. Actually, I have another one that's pretty interesting, but 
this shows the um, consumer price index. By the way, oh, I had the I had the little boxes with our pictures in it. Yeah, in front of me. I put it on my other screen. That's fine. <clears throat> All right, so you can see the uh, last three recessions in gray. Oh, got it. Okay, yep. The uh, black line is consumer price index CPI. Oh, wow. The, the red line is PPI, producer price index. Interesting. And notice right here where these cross. Interesting. Um, producer, producer prices went down where consumer prices did not. It continued up. Hmm. So what does that mean? That means companies were making more profits. Uh, well, it could mean that. It also could yeah. mean they're eating margin. Well, producer producer price, yeah, that's right. They're not they're not increasing it. Yeah, they're not increasing. Right? They're they're. It could be efficiencies. It could be lots of things. But yeah, I actually, the, the the price of the consumer continue to go up. Right. So oh what, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. producers were charging either stay the same or went up slightly. Correct. You're right. Yes. But what the producers were paying for their materials mm, went down. Got it. No, I see what you're saying. So that improved their profit margin. Damn greedy companies making all that money. Yeah, well, uh, it all comes back mm -hmm. eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think PPI so the, just this last period was above CPI for the first time in that, a while. That's right. Yeah. yeah. PPI went above CPI. Yep. Uh, and that's that's going to eventually you know, move CPI prices up as well. I agree. So between these two blue lines, this is where companies were making more profits. Oh, that's interesting. And the one at the bottom is the S&P. And you can see the S&P yeah. went up. More, yeah. So that's more profit. Doesn't actually mean a higher PE, right? It just means more bottom line. That's right. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now the purple line, I, I threw this in there based on uh, a suggestion I posted this actually on LinkedIn hmm. and uh, one of the guys I work with at Splunk, Dan Holmes, I don't know if you work with mm -hmm. him there. I know the name. Yeah. He suggested I include the price of oil. So I put the uh, price of oil in there too to see how that correlated. And interestingly, the producer price index went down in correlation with the price of oil. Yeah. Oil, as we learned in the 70s, oil is a part of a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. It is now. Correct. It won't be soon. Yeah. All right. And then this bottom one is interesting as well. This is the 10-year and the two-year treasuries. Okay. All right. So when it, if inflation goes up, then treasuries usually go up. Yeah. But the important thing here is the relationship between these two. Look at that and what you can see right yeah. here, there's a rate inversion where the mm -hmm. two-year treasury <laughs> was selling for more than the 10-year. That? that was 06. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. And usually an inversion, again, I'm not going to say this all the time, but yeah. usually happens about six to nine months before a recession. Yeah, that's that's a pretty, that's, you know, that I think that's predicted six of the last eight recessions or something. It's one of the better indicators, but, you know, nothing's perfect, but yeah. Yield okay. inversion, yeah. So that's, uh, that shows that. I've got one more that really brings us home even better. Okay. And this is, this is over the last, uh, Two years, roughly, just before COVID. Okay. And the, and what I'm what I'm suggesting with this chart is that the market doesn't really think inflation is a concern today. Today, yes, inflation is going up, 
but the market doesn't see it as a concern. That's interesting. And, and now so, I see why you got out. You talked about earlier, you got out early. It's because of that yield inversion? Uh, the yield inversion was one of the reasons. Okay. The other one was what's called a negative diversion, which, uh, which I'll the, talk about. Yeah, lower tops and all that. Yep. Yeah, where, where the, um, the underlying fundamentals of the market start to go down even okay. as the market continues to go up. It, would that be something like, hey, the, the top five stocks are going up, but the underlying, you know, the other 495 stocks are going down kind of thing? Mm, that's sort of part of it, but okay. it's really more of the uh, relative strength okay. of the market. Cool. So that's... relative strength is the underlying component that tells you if the market is running out of steam, basically. All right. Well, that's... So if the underlying relative strength starts to go down mm -hmm. and the market continues to go up, mm -hmm. that means the market is going higher on slower and slower momentum. Got it. Okay. And that, that usually is a result of just a few stocks driving the market higher, even as the other stocks fall off. I, I have a kind of left field question, but I'm gonna ask it here anyway. How many hours a day do you spend looking at, is it, I don't know if it's a day or a week, whatever the right answer is, do you spend kind of absorbing what's happened in the last day or week on these charts? Is this like a daily activity? Uh, I'll show you what my process is okay. in a second. All but right, I, I usually do it in the morning around eight o'clock. Okay. And, and it only takes me 15 minutes. So daily discipline, 20 minutes a day, roughly. Right. Yeah. And, and one comment I'll make about charts and uh -huh. understanding charts, uh, and I've used this analogy in the past. Mm -hmm. Charts are sort of like learning a language. Ah, if you yeah. want to learn French, right, you study the French words and you make a comparison to the English words. Mm -hmm. And then when you see those French words put together, you try to convert those to English mm -hmm. to understand what the sentences say. Got it. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's how you first start learning a language. Eventually, once you immerse yourself in the language, mm -hmm. you stop making the comparisons. Right. You just understand. You just understand. No, I totally agree. It's a similar thing with real estate, right? You, that's why yeah. I always talk about daily. You just spend 20 minutes a day. When you're done, move on. So you don't, you don't just keep pounding it in, but you know, you do it 45 days, 60 days, 90, it starts to speak to you. So very similar. Right. Exactly. Okay. So a couple, a couple of things to point out with this one. First of all, here's the recession. There's our yield inversion. Yep. Um, actually, I didn't get bonds and gold on this one. So I'll show you another chart, uh, the one I wanted to show in a second, but okay. the key thing here is that the 10 year treasuries continued higher, mm -hmm. even as inflation went higher. Mm -hmm. but they never got back to the pre-COVID level. No, they haven't yet. No. And they're actually declining even as inflation is screaming much higher. Yeah, I th I, I'm going to guess, again, you don't make predictions. I think that changes here in the next 30 days, but we shall we're, see. We're going to see. We're yep. going to see. Well, now, you'll notice the two-year is accelerating faster than the 10-year. Exactly. I agree. So at, at some point, that's going to cause an inversion again. It could, yep. Oh, yeah, the 10-year is down again today. Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. All right. All right. So All right. the last one more here, and this mm -hmm. one is will be near and dear to your heart. Mm. I also posted this one on LinkedIn nice. as well. And this is the Case Shore. Oh, price. yes. I know it well. Put in a chart. Yeah, exactly. Put in a chart. And I'm using a 21 day exponential moving average. Okay. So the blue uh, shaded area is the 21 day moving average. I'm with you of home prices. Mm -hmm. This is a daily chart, but it goes back 
20 years. Oh, it's funny. It's right when I started, 2002. Okay. Okay. So home prices continued higher. And here's the 21 day moving average. So the largest gap is what you're saying there was 9.2%. 9.2. Largest okay. gap right now is 10.6. Oh, my goodness. All Interesting. Right. Okay. A couple of things to point out. Um, this began to flatten here in middle of 2006, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then it dropped off a cliff in the middle of 07. Sure, of course. So that was that was a clue in addition to the yield inversion and in addition, in addition to the uh, uh, negative um, divergence yep. on the charts. Okay. This was also a clue that some, something was going wrong. Something was amiss. I'm with right. you. Okay. So then it crossed over right here, basically around November, December of 07. Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is probably August. Like, yeah. This is somewhere. July of 07. Okay. Actually, May. There May, of 07, May of 07 was the peak break. Okay. So that, that would have been the time to sell a house, right? When that crossed. Yep. May All of right. 07. All right. And then it, it went below the moving average all the way till here, till May of 2012 hmm. for five years. And I posted this on LinkedIn and one person said, oh, well, look at where, how, where it is right now. It looks like it's getting ready to crash. Maybe I should just sell my house now hmm. and then wait for the crash and then buy back in. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, you could, but it took five years the last time. Oops, sorry. That's all right. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a long time to it wait. Took, it took five years last time. So yeah. do you want to wait five years to yeah. get back in? Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a couple I, of things on this chart, right? Again, this is something I spend a lot of time in. This is kind of my my area, right? This is looking at price as the variable for housing, correct? That's what yeah, this is. That's right. There are two other factors, as you know, but I'll put them on the recording for others, right? There's interest rate. Right. Right. And then there's income. Yes. Uh, that, that are equally important. And again, I just talked about on the daily financial news this morning, Barron's, right, which is a financial paper or magazine, I guess, that you know, uh, they yeah. just did some math. And I think I have them here. I will read them for you. So again, 2006, which was what they called the peak, you're calling the peak May of 07, close enough. Uh, average home was 230 grand. Interest rate was 6.76. 6 Monthly payment was 11.96, assuming 20% down. The reason I'm bringing this up is because income, income for the average family was $4,071 a month. That, that's a front-end ratio of 29.8, call it 30%. That's probably a no answer from a bank. Fast forward to 2021, which you have here on the chart, 353,000. So again, price is way up, parabolic. Interest rates, 3.07%, so more than half lower. Again, a 20% down payment, blah, blah, blah. Monthly payment, 12.04. So it's up a whopping $8. However, incomes in 15 years have gone from 4,071 to 56.27. So your front end ratio that was 29.8 is now only 21.4. In fact, housing in 2021, assuming these numbers, is more affordable than 1980s and the 1990s, where the average was 28%. So I think this chart is interesting. It talks price, which I think is the greatest, at least in the real estate world, it's like one of three variables, which the other two are interest rate and wages, unfortunately. Right, and uh, that is that is very interesting. I could actually 
correlate interest rates. I don't think I have something for my 50 year chart, income. which my 50 year chart, which I put out, I spent like 24, 36 hours putting together has average family for income all the way back to 1970. Right. I can send it to you. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all certainly very interesting. By the way, this chart does show 2006 peak. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that, okay. There it is. Yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. So that it actually started to come down in 2007. Well, oh, you got the inversion. I got it. All right. So yeah, yeah that's, the peak that's when it crossed the moving average. Yeah. Okay. I like this stuff. All right. Um, I'm going to put, how, how much time do we have, by the way? That's, this is this is just you and me talking. It hopefully provides value. Basically, video number one is you telling us and sharing us what charts you look at. We'll get into the psychology and all of that next. We can do another chart yeah. if you like, if there's something you think yeah. is missing. Um, yes. Let me, uh, let me, uh, well, let me show you this last one because okay. if anybody wants to get my newsletter, it's free, as yep. I mentioned. Yeah, and you, and you send it out Saturdays, right? Saturdays or Sundays. I try yeah. to do it over the weekend. Yeah. I went on a cruise a couple of weeks ago, so I missed a week. Oh. <laughs> yeah, folks, I would definitely reach out just to have Dan again, breakingpointtrading at gmail.com. Uh, Dan Bird is somebody I've known for multiple decades. Uh, again, he won't put advice. He won't put predictions. He uses this newsletter as a way to s collect his thoughts. This is what he's doing. Uh, but again, as you will know, I won't talk about stuff I don't know. I don't do stocks, uh, which we'll talk about here in a minute. I don't do charts, uh, but Dan has been doing them for 20 plus years. So um, I recommend if you if you have any interest in stocks, sending him a note at breakingpointtrading at gmail.com uh, to get break, on his mail. Breakpoint. Breakpoint. Oh, I'm break. sorry. Breakpoint. Read correctly, Zuber. Breakpointtrading break at gmail.com. Very cool. And uh, uh, I'm happy to put people on the distribution list and... Yeah. And if you get tired of it, just send me a note. Yeah, you'll take it off. Yeah. Yeah. He's not selling this is anything. An expert. Yeah. Go ahead. No, not selling anything. Uh, no. I can't I can't trade for other people's portfolios because I'm no. not licensed. Yep. I've had a few people ask me to do that. I can't do that. Nope. This is just for my own portfolio and for my own um, learning. Yeah. This, again. Is, uh, yep. this is an excerpt. This is the, the start of last week's newsletter talking about the Santa Claus rally, which mm -hmm. should go through next week next mm -hmm. Tuesday. Um, Very cool. All right. Any closing thoughts on this? Uh, let me, let's see. If we have a couple more minutes, sure. I could just go through my daily routine. Perfect. And I'll just show a couple of these things. All right. So I like to look at a sentiment chart. Now this is busy, but uh, I just want to point out. So you know what, things. Dan? Let's wrap. Let's do a separate video on your daily routine. I want people to. We'll wrap this up. This is the introduction to Dan Bird. We will shut this one down. If you want to be on his mailing list, let's do that. Video number two is going to be his daily routine. Thank you very much, buddy. You bet.